Hey everyone, how's it going? We've got a special edition podcast here. It is the NBA trade deadline. Bucks made a move. Let's get into it. Lillard, step back three on the way. Got it! Damian Lillard! Welcome to the Cream City! Game time has arrived. You're listening to the Milwaukee Bucks Beat, sponsored by Hungry Lion Productions Video Production Services. Video production from start to finish. Hire them today at HungryLionProductions.com. And now, here's your host, Michael Edwards. Okay, so here we go. First, let's talk about the Bucks. Now, okay, they're 1-4 and four under Coach Doc Rivers, but right now, if you look at their defensive rating from when Adrian Griffin left to now, ladies and gentlemen, they're sitting at 7th. Seventh. seventh best defense in that time in the league. So... Whatever they're doing is working. Now, some of the losses we have, not because of defense. They're because of offense. The offense isn't there. Damian Lillard has been banged up. His ankle hasn't been great. Brooke has been gone, uh, we're assuming, for the birth of his child, which was just announced yesterday by his wife, Haley. Congratulations to them. Chris Middleton tweaked his ankle from a dirty play on Kevin Durant. Bucks dipping their foot in the water here. Milwaukee Bucks acquiring Patrick Beverly from the 76ers for a campaign and a second round pick. The other move the Bucks make kind of breaks my heart, but Bucks are trading Robin Lopez to the Sacramento Kings and sources tell ESPN Lopez is expected to be waived and become a free agent. The Bucks are sending cash in the deal as well. So those are the two moves they made. For those of you who've been paying attention to the full NBA, Damian Lillard and... Patrick Beverly, known as Pat Bev, they don't like each other very much. They have an ongoing feud throughout the years. And immediately following this trade from senior insider Chris Hayes, uh, he released, Demi Lilla released a statement. And I'm going to read that statement to you now. First, I want to say I'm sad to see campaign go. We developed a friendship that I cherish. As for Pat, he brings an edge and a defensive tenacity on the perimeter that we need. There are not many players who bring it nightly like him. I look forward to working together. Our past personal issues don't trump an opportunity to win a championship. It's a class act move right there by Damian Lillard. Hopefully they can sit down and have some cheese curds and a uh, couple uh, beers, probably some spotted cows or some River West Steins probably is a little better and hash this out because, damn it, we got to win a championship. This team is trending in the right direction, though. I'm going to talk about this part later, but I want to get into Patrick Beverly. So campaign goes, I don't think he really fit in here, to be honest. Like he's a good dude. He's hilarious. Actually, I personally like love the dude. He's a great guy, but I don't think he fit in with what we're trying to do. I mean, good luck to him. You know, he's going to Philly. But Patrick Beverly has a well-known reputation of being a really good defensive player. His defensive rating is 109.5 in his career, which is really good. Though this year he's up to 116, I don't think that he may, he may not be being used the right way. It's a new system, new coach, new team for him. Even his one year at Toronto, he had a 113. His one year at Minnesota, he had a 110. But his years in, you know, LA with the Clippers, they're really good. Really good years. And then with Houston, he was really, really good too. So he's not really a big scorer, but he's that guy that we need to put him on the other team's best player and... Honestly, his his plus minus is not terrible this year. It's minus 15, 
you know, this is the first time really in his career where he's down last year, he was minus 80, but he was on the Raptors. So you got to factor in that as well. He's a solid player, a veteran player. He's the kind of guy that gets under your skin. You know, when he's, when you're playing against him, you're not really thrilled about it, but man, when he's on your team, in most cases, I'm assuming you're glad. 47 games so far this year. He has a 116 defensive rating in about 20 minutes a game. He averages about six points a game. He's shooting 43% too, which isn't terrible. He's not a very good three-point shooter though. Free throws, he's actually not bad either. He's shooting 81%. So that's something actually you want to look at. In uh, the past, there's been games where the Bucs have just been not able to hit free throws late in games. So I really like this trade. I mean, given up the second round that we had, I think it's fine. It's, I think it's a good deal. I think the Bucs on paper win this deal. So then the cut of Robin Lopez, I'm just going to kind of give you my take on this. So, you know, obviously they want him on the team, but they need to open a roster spot because the buyouts are coming and PJ Tucker is off the list because the, just, this just came through right now. The LA Clippers forward PJ Tucker will not request a buyout and will remain with the team for the duration of the season after trade attempts fell short. League sources tell the NBA on TNT from Chris Hayes, senior reporter. The Bucks open up a spot. They're going to try to buy someone out. They're going to get someone. I was hoping it to be P.J. Tucker, but we'll see who the buyout candidates are. That'll pop up here as time goes by. I like the trade. I like where the way the Bucks are going. Let's talk about their schedule because it is the second toughest schedule. I said six in the last podcast. I was actually wrong. It is the second. I mean, let's go through this. So they've got... So they just came out of a really brutal stretch where... So one... You've got injuries. The injury bug is hitting us. You've got, you know, multiple games on the road against, you know, good opponents and hostile environments. And they were in every single one of these games. So the, my, my take on this is we'll start on January 27th, where the Bucks stomp the Pelicans at home, 141-117. Then the Bucks go to Denver. And this is the first night of the Doc Eras era. And the Bucks lose that one. They come up short. They lose by six. And they were in this game the whole time. And I honestly think if we had more time to implement our game plan from what Doc Rivers is trying to do, I think we win that game. But we're going to find out here because we, we have Denver coming up here later at home. But they lose that one late. They're in the game the whole time. Giannis played way better than anyone on the floor, if you know where I'm going with that. He should be an MVP candidate. Shaq finally gave him his flowers and um, talked about that. During the Suns game, he said that. So then the Bucs go to Portland, a game they should win. And Trailblazers played like the 96 Bulls. And they, <laughs> they hit every shot and they were on fire. And, you know, the Bucs came up late and they lose that game. Then they go to Dallas. They're down by 25 points. I mean, in this one, they... They give up 44 in the first, and they only score 20. And then the rest of the time, they didn't give up more than 30. And they scored more than 30 in every quarter. So I raised my eyebrows. Dallas is missing Kyrie Irving, though. So still, though, a win's a win. So then they go into Utah. And now I'm going to talk about what a few podcasts ago, I talked about the national media defending the Boston Celtics and the Bucks win that game by, a, you know, a lot. And so the Bucks probably get in, just like they said, two in the morning, 
And they have a reasonable lead throughout the game. And then, man, their legs just fell out from under them in the fourth. Brooke wasn't there to protect the rim. The, the Jazz just took it to the box. They fall apart in the fourth quarter, lose that game. A winnable game, but they still look good. And I put that one on gas. Like, they didn't have any. They were low on, low on fuel, right? Second night of a back-to-back there in Dallas. They fly to Utah, have to play a game, and they really looked good. On the defensive end, in every single one of these games, they have looked good. They really have looked good. Then the Bucks go into Phoenix, a game I was at. And on my way in, I, you know, see Brooke isn't playing. I see Dame isn't playing, and I'm thinking, oh, shit. This could be a rough night. Well, then Chris gets hurt by dirty play. I mean... You can debate that, but the way that the NBA fans have been handling Giannis this year, I'm just calling this a dirty play by Kevin Durant. He knew what he was doing. He's a veteran. You've got to give the guy space. He wasn't giving him his space. And then he acted like he didn't know what he was doing, trying to ruin the guy's career. So very frustrating to see about five, six, seven minutes in the game. Chris is looking good too. And I was thinking, this is going to be a 40-point Chris Middleton game. We're going to win this game. So he goes out. And I mean, we're shorthanded. We're missing three starters. And the Bucs are leading at half. And the Bucs are leading through three. Or it's a close game through three at least. And then the fourth quarter, just like Utah, Bucks fell short. And it was an offensive loss. It was not a defensive loss. To hold the Phoenix Suns to 114 at home with those three superstars that they have. Okay, so the Bucs are one and four in the docket. Rivers era, one and five now. Is that right? One, two, three, four, five, one and five. You know what, though? They're trending in the right direction. It's the X's and the O's and the scheme and the way the players are, are doing what they need to do on the, on the defensive end. I'm not really worried about the offense. I'm not. I'm not. So the move they made, I, I like it. The Bucs can do something good now with their rotations. They can start Giannis, Dame, Chris, Brooke, and now Pat Bev. Assuming we're all healthy, of course. I love that starting five. Great starting five. And then off the bench, you've got Beasley, Portis, Pat, AJ Green, Jay Crowder. I like it. You know, hopefully you use Ajax a little bit. Marjan if you need to. I like it. I like the bench. It's going to take Doc Rivers a little time, though, to know the talent that Ajax and Marjan. And he has to see them. They don't. He doesn't have a chance to see them. So all the fans that are, like, losing their shit over this, like... To you directly, calm down. Put yourself in his shoes. If you were the coach right now, let's say of a team that you have not paid attention to at all, do you know anything about their role players? Probably not. So just let's calm down about that part of it. I see too much hate on that. Granted, I think, you know, in that Phoenix game, I do agree that Ajax should have gotten some time on the floor. The coach explained why he played Pat so much and he just came out and said, you know, I don't know if he's lost his confidence or what, but... I'm sitting here surprised, though, that Bobby Portis and Pat Connington post-trade deadline are still on my team. I'm really surprised by that. Not as much Bobby Portis, but definitely Pat. My guess is nobody wanted him, though. I'm not to be mean, but I'm talking about on the court, off the court. These dudes are salt of the earth. It's not personal at all. And I think they'd say that about themselves, too, honestly. If they look in the mirror and be like, yeah, I'm playing like shit. And that's there's no other way to put it. They are not playing good. Bobby's streaky. Pat is awful. And coach was just trying to play him. He got, was it 32 minutes or something? He was the point guard. Last time he played point guard was high school, by the way. 
but he was just trying to like get the yips out of him. You guys remember Packer fans out there? Do you remember when our kicker had the yips? Mason Crosby. There was that one year where he just was off. He just couldn't make it at all. And then something clicked. He refocused. And there's the rest of the time as a Packer, not much of a problem. I think that's where Pat is right now. He just has the yips. He's not playing with confidence. He's not playing the way that we know he can play. The Bucs are betting on him. They know him better than we do. I trust the upper manager of the Bucs. I trust them. Very good. Very well-run team. Last thing I want to talk about is kind of something I talked about last time, but the Eastern Conference, just kind of to reiterate, kind of go over some details that it kind of scares the hell out of me. Bucks right now sitting tied, deadlocked, 33 and 18 with the New York Knicks tied for third. So Bucks sitting in third, the Bucks on the tiebreaker over the Knicks based on head to head. So that's paying dividends right now, but Bucks are five and five the last 10. Obviously, there's going to be some more growing pains with the schedule. Schedule's not looking favorable for the Bucs. A lot of uh, challenging opponents, a lot of back-to-backs, a lot of road games. And it's going to be tough, but you're going to start seeing the Bucs lose some games probably. But eventually it's going to click and you're going to see them putting some together here. They're going to be primed for the playoffs. You know, if they can stay healthy, that is the key, is applying what they're learning at these extended shoot-arounds and the few practices they do have left applying that new knowledge of this new scheme, new schemes, we'll say, from Coach Doc Rivers. And there's a lot of noise around this team right now. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of people laughing at us. There's a lot of people talking shit. But, you know, the Bucs just got to go out there and do what they do. And I think if they do, they're going to be okay. The Knicks concern me right now, though. The Cavaliers concern me. Celtics are always going to be our rival. So they're the Celtics. But... The three teams that really bother me here outside of the Celtics, the Cavs and the Knicks and, you know, the Pacers, they're, they're in our head a little bit. But I think if you run that defensive scheme that we're running now against the Pacers, I think it might end well for the Bucs. I really do. So we'll see. Coming up on the Bucks schedule, as I record this tonight, they play the first night of a back-to-back Minnesota Timberwolves in town followed by the Charlotte Hornets, who are missing Gordon Hayward. He was traded to the Thunder. And then coming down, man, it's not getting any easier. Bucks have the Nuggets again at home, the Heat, the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves, the Sixers, and then a back-to-back against the Hornets. It's not getting any easier out there, folks, but I like the way this team is trending, and I think we just got to stay patient. We're, the only thing that matters is the playoffs. As long as we can get a top-three seed... We got to win the games that are winnable and just play our game. And as long as our offense shows up, it looks like our defense is under control. So that's it. All I got for you today. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one.